Welcome to So Tell Me More, a podcast where you can join Prabnor and Navia, two psychotherapy students, as they dive into various topics through a psychotherapy lens. This podcast will get you thinking and reflecting on all things mental health, ranging from self-care to learning more about what exactly cognitive behavior therapy is. We hope you stick around. In today's episode, we are excited to explore the organization Virtue Mental, which is an international nonprofit founded in 2020. Their mission is to provide free mental health resources to marginalized communities and new immigrant populations. Virtue Mental was founded by Poonam Rehman, a current student, an undergraduate researcher, entrepreneur, and aspiring author. We are excited to have Poonam on our podcast today and are looking forward to learning more about Virtue Mental. Welcome, Poonam. Thank you so much for joining us in today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to learn about your organization. This is definitely a a new topic for our podcast. We haven't had anyone who comes from a particular large nonprofit. And so we're looking forward to learning more about it and your journey as well. I'm just wondering, Poonam, a little bit about the organization. If you could sum it up in your own words, how would you describe Virtue Mental to our listeners? Yes, of course. Well, Virtue Mental is an international nonprofit organization, and we provide a lot of services such as uh, free teletherapy services, support groups, psychoeducation sessions, workshops, and we actually cater to a lot of marginalized communities such as the South Asian community, the Latinx community, the LGBTQ community. So a lot of communities that kind of uh, face a lot of the mental health stigma, but but are also in need of our free mental health resources. So we work with a lot of certified mental health professionals around the world and across the country as well. So we collaborate with them in order to provide the resources that we currently have. Wow, that's amazing. So it sounds like you're working with quite a large international group and also offering services to quite a few different populations as well. So definitely a great range there for your organization. And I'm wondering, can you tell us about your journey into the area of mental health and particularly the interest in minority communities? Yes, of course. So the reason why I'm so interested in uh, mental health and providing for the marginalized communities is because growing up, I faced a lot of bullying and a lot of weird circumstances in school as a South Asian American. A lot of people can listening can relate to that. And when I wanted to actually like go out there and seek for professional help, I realized that a lot of the mental health professionals weren't really able to relate to my background and relate to my upbringing as a South Asian American and as a Bangladeshi American as well. That was one of the things that inhibited me from seeking professional help, but also the cost because mental health resources and mental health services in the, in the United States are just it's crazy. So I think through my experiences as a South Asian American undergoing all these like circumstances and all these bullying experiences, that kind of motivated me to create a nonprofit that's like Virtumental because we try to eradicate both of those issues, which I faced, which is the lack of representation within the field of mental health, because we work with a lot of mental health professionals across all countries and across all backgrounds and ethnicities and religions and we also provide these free mental health resources as well so I think all this kind of came from my background and my upbringing as well. Absolutely and I think that's so inspiring to hear you were using you know your experiences to really encourage you and motivate you to do something that you want to support other communities with knowing that hey, there's this gap 
in my upbringing or my access to certain resources. So what can I do to provide that accessibility to other individuals? And I think that's so inspiring to hear from you as well, because it's fair. Absolutely. In terms of coming from a minority group, it can be a little challenging to access those resources. But also, I think a big component that you touched on is that accessibility component of economic accessibility. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Getting mental health resources are so challenging in terms of finances, especially if it's not in a publicly funded sector. So the fact that you're offering a whole bunch of services that are completely free, I think is a great way to really encourage people to seek that support that they need. Yes, absolutely. I hope the services are providing good in the world. Yeah, it sounds like just looking a little bit at the website and your Instagram and all of that, it sounds like you're doing some really amazing work. And like Prabhner mentioned, even with accessibility, the representation side of things and both of us being psychotherapy students, we've definitely noticed the lack of representation from different backgrounds and therapists and other mental health providers and really the importance of that shared understanding of culture, or at least culturally sensitive care and just how much training can go into that. And so being able to offer that platform for even mental health professionals from different backgrounds, I think that's that's really amazing to hear. Yes, thank you so much. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you even started Virtue Mental? You mentioned a little bit about the inspiration and where the ideas came from, but can you tell us about the process of actually starting that organization? Yes, of course. So I think the first step that I took in starting Virtue Mental and launching it is I started to research what's already out there. And there's thousands of mental health nonprofits out there, but it's really important that you find a way that you're differentiating yourself from other people. So the way that we were able to differentiate ourselves from the other nonprofits that are out there is that we really emphasize a lot on education, because that's kind of the root of where all these issues are coming from. One of the many reasons why there is so much mental health stigma in all these marginalized communities is because people are not educated on what are mental health illnesses and where are these issues coming from. And so that's the first step that we took is doing some kind of research in order to build our credibility and kind of try not to duplicate the other nonprofits that are out there. And I think the second thing that we did was we started to kind of brainstorm what kind of resources we can provide through our platform. First, we were able to start off by doing uh, virtual support groups within different states. So a mental health professional from Illinois would be catering to the patients who are located in Illinois just because there's so much issue with all the licenses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually our first service that we launched was our support groups. And then we started to branch out to like other services such as our site education sessions and free teletherapy sessions and things of that sort. So I think those are the two most important steps that we took in order to launch Virtue Mental is doing research and trying to figure out ways that we can differentiate ourselves from other nonprofits or other mental health nonprofits, but also brainstorming some uh, reliable and some beneficial resources we can provide to the communities that we're serving. Absolutely. And I think that's amazing. Just thinking back at all the stuff that you are doing. I know that you launched in 2020 and we're only in 2022 now. So just in a span of two years, it sounds like you've done a lot of work and have expanded the organization quite a bit because just having a look through on the website, there's so many services that are being offered that I think can really cater towards everyone's unique needs. 
Yes, of course. There's something for everyone at Virtue Mental. If you don't feel comfortable being in a group setting, there is individual services and there is educational services. So there's something for everyone. It's not like a cookie cutter service, which is、mm-hmm. um, for everyone. It's kind of like catered and personalized to your needs and to your to your comfort, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense given sort of the motivation behind Virtue Mental, involving that diversity, involving the representation, and then in the same way for the people seeking your services, right? Recognizing that there's so many individual differences and so many nuances to understand and to incorporate in the support that you offer. And I think we took a look at even some of the blogs that are written by your team. And I think each of those are just so well done as well and really recognize the different layers that can really play. A role in providing mental health care, and that's definitely something that the two of us have realized as students. Is sometimes you do have a protocol, or you have a certain standard foundation that you follow in terms of treatment, but doesn't necessarily work for everyone. It doesn't necessarily work the same way or look the same way for everyone. So it's really great that you were able to keep that in mind and offer the kind of services that you do. And I'm really particularly interested in the support groups. That sounds like something that you started off with, and it's done quite some amazing work as well. And our goal is just to pump out as much free content and free services as much as possible, which kind of cater to everyone's needs. Yeah, I'm wondering a little bit about those support groups. Could you tell us a little bit more about their organization and what exactly that looks like? Yes, of course. So we actually have six different support groups, which are reoccurring. So the first support group that we have is the South Asian support group, which is led by a certified South Asian mental health professional. And we have support groups in each different state. So, like I mentioned before, there's all that issue with licenses and stuff like that. Like people from Illinois can't serve people that are in Canada, and so that's the first support group that we have is the South Asian support group. We also have the Latinx support group, which is similar to the South Asian support group. We have a LGBTQ support group, a AAPI support group,、um, a support group for women, and finally we have something called a general support group. Which,、um, if you don't identify with either of those、um, demographics, I just That I just mentioned, you can attend the general support group as well. So we want to be all inclusive of everyone, even if you aren't quote unquote a minority. So the way that our support groups are structured is that we try to keep it very semi formal in a sense because our target audience is kind of like young adults and just like the younger generation. So it's not like where you attend a presentation and you just go home and I feel like that's not really a reliable or like a sustainable way that you can. Help someone in a sense. So it's kind of like each month we have a different issue that we touch upon. After every、um, support group, we send out a survey.、Uh, for example, one of the questions is, "What are some topics that you would like to discuss the following sessions?" So, for example, some of the past topics that we have discussed is domestic violence in the South Asian community,、uh, colorism, racism, family relations, things of that sort. So each support group kind of has a designated topic that we focus on, and. And it's kind of like we all come together. We all discuss our thoughts and provide insight and provide our own experiences. And it's a very tight knit community, so everyone is always welcome to pitch in and share their thoughts. But you don't have to do that if you just want to listen in. You're more than welcome to do so as well. So it's a very supportive community here at Virtue Mental. 
Yeah, so it sounds like it's a very collaborative initiative in terms of creating these workshops or the support groups and then actually delivering them and then having a discussion about the topic. So I love that you get the feedback from those who are attending and actually figure out what did they want to hear and then offering those kinds of services and in the same way, keeping it semi-formal, not having it as much like a, a workshop or a presentation basis because definitely as students, we've talked a lot about the different types of like therapists that you can be and one way that you could do it is kind of like a teacher right so you go in and you kind of present some sort of content but we definitely know that that isn't always effective and there's definitely things that you miss out in that in that particular format right like not having that interaction with people and in this way it sounds like there's a lot of mutual sharing between the actual therapist or mental health professional as well as the people who are attending and really getting to maybe deeper sides of these different issues like domestic violence and you know as we know there can be so many layers to that and just so much emotion linked to these different topics and so I really appreciate that you're going for it in a very collaborative way and getting that feedback from people. Yeah it also reminds me of some of the work that we do because as student learners in the hospitals we see a lot of group therapies so it sounds very similar to what you're saying Poonam but with a little bit of a twist in the space where it follows somewhat of a protocol so it, it might be more of that like workshoppy presentation style but we still get to look at certain content and look at goals that people want to work towards and integrate that into the therapy that we are working on so it might not be as specific as certain subjects that we're talking and having more of an open discussion on but there's more worksheets and activities and techniques that we want to share so I think that both of those offer such different values to an individual where as you know with the therapy you get some techniques out of it but with these support groups you really just get to share your experience and learn from others and know that you're not alone in all of this and I think that's like a good aspect of both those components where getting that support in that group environment is it's just so validating because you know that you're not alone in this and there are other people that have similar experiences and can then even offer some advice or guidance on whatever it is that you might be going through. Yes, and we actually, as I mentioned before a little bit, uh, we actually started this during the pandemic. So as you can imagine, it was a very lonely time for all of us. So having these reoccurring support groups every single month, it, it kind of gives the participants something to look forward to and some kind of community to bond with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the pandemic, things have been quite isolating. And I know that's something that we've noticed ourselves in our practicums. We still are in the middle of one. It's It's been changing, but it's hard to stay connected. And there's so many things that you can do virtually, but that's also sometimes a little bit challenging. So I think even having the space to come on a regular basis is, is so nice to know that you can rely on that. And on that end, Poonam, I'm, I'm curious, is this something that people join on to? Is it like a session by session invitation or is it like a six week program that you can add on to or how does that structure work? Yes, of course. So we don't really have a time restraint in a sense. We actually have like a form on our website, which you can use to sign up with. So once you sign up for that, you kind of get like monthly notifications. In the beginning of each month, we just send out a alert that says this is what time the Latinx support group will be for this month. And this is what time the South Asian support group will be. And it kind of differs every month since we kind of try to switch out our, our mental health professionals, because since our mental health professionals are pro bono uh, we, we we don't really want to like overburden them with 
the task of coming back every month and um, just conducting the workshops. So once you like submit the form on our website, you, you're able to have access to all the support groups that we have. And even if you don't identify as South Asian or as Latinx or any other any of the demographics that we uh, provide our services to, you're still more than welcome to join in on our session since we kind of try to cover similar topics as well. So we try to be as flexible and as accommodating and um, inclusive as much as possible. Yeah, and that sounds like a theme going through a lot of your structure in the organization is having this openness, not too much of a laborious process to actually sign up and having to do that multiple times. Like it sounds like once you're in and you're getting the notifications and the alerts, then you're able to join whichever groups you want to join. And I think that's such a great resource, even for people who want to learn more about a topic, right? Like maybe not necessarily share, like you mentioned, some people just sit and like to listen. I think that would be really interesting for people who just want to know more about let's say South Asian mental health or or women's mental health and being able to maybe support their own family members and other members of the community like it sounds like something I would love to attend and just hear about like what the experience is like especially the topics that you talked about I think they're all so applicable and like you said you try to have similar themes across the different months and different groups and so um, just learning about all those different experiences yeah I think it'd be great for even healthcare providers for students and family members, community members, I I can imagine it being very applicable to a huge range of people. I'm wondering on that and Poonam, what have you learned about mental health through this whole process of creating the organization and also working with the vast team of professionals that you do get to work with? Yeah, I think I learned a lot these like this past year and a half. But I think one important thing that I've learned is that I feel like mental health isn't really like a destination. It's kind of like a journey. And it's something that you have to really invest a lot of your time and energy into. And mental health is kind of like a thing where no one really knows like how you're struggling in a sense, because like with physical health, people can see that like, oh, like you have like a physical wound on your body or you're sick and people can kind of see that. But mental health is kind of in a sense where like people are not aware that you're struggling. And that's kind of where you have to take the initiative to move forward and try to get the help that you need because no one really knows that you're struggling. So I think that those are kind of like the two important things that I learned. Like they're kind of like interconnected in a sense. But I think I think the most important thing that I learned was the first point that I mentioned is that mental health is it's not really like a destination. Like this is where I need to be. And by this certain time, it's something that you really need to work towards having a good mental well-being and a good mental stability in a sense. So I think a lot of the things that I learned working with the mental health professionals and I think the other thing that I learned, I, I can go on and on. <laughs> so I think the other thing that I learned from working with the mental health professionals that I currently work with is that I think oftentimes we're really focused on other people and what other people's mental health is like. And we kind of forget about how we're feeling in a sense, because I remember when I first started Virtue Mental, I was working like long, long days, like it was 16 to 17 hours a day. And I barely had any time for myself. But through working, and when I expressed that to the mental health professionals that I was collaborating with, they expressed the fact that you should you should take some time out for yourself because that's obviously, if you don't do that, that's obviously going to lead to compassion fatigue and burnout mm-hmm. and all these different things that might inhibit you from performing your best and actually just providing the resources because there's that saying like you can't pour from an empty cup and mm-hmm. um, that's another thing that I learned from working with the mental health professionals and working here at Virtue Mental. 
Yeah, that's amazing. So, so much that you've learned and just trying to, <laughs> yeah, just trying to process all of that. You've said some really amazing things like the idea of mental health, not as a destination, but as a journey. And I think that's definitely something that we talk a lot about in our program and in our learning, but also something we've seen, right? Like even if you've attended, let's say one therapy group or you've done some different interventions, that doesn't mean that it ends there, right? The work continues, the investment in yourself continues. And that's really difficult for a lot of people to process, right? The idea that just taking one medication or going to a therapy group isn't necessarily going to cure things. And I think a lot of that has to do with the education side of things, letting them know what kind of battles that you might be facing with mental health and the fact that it is an ongoing journey and something that you do need to invest in. And I'm really glad to hear that you know, of course, people understand that they have to put in some work, but also as professionals and as mental health professionals specifically, we can do things to make it a little bit easier for them to access care, right, and support them through this difficult journey as well. And so whether that's offering free services, whether that's the representation, all of that can just help make their journey a little bit more bearable rather than not. And then I think the last thing that you said about taking care of yourself. That's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. It's something that I think generally we talk a lot about as students as well, because we're just starting out in our careers and realizing that there's a huge emotional burden of taking on these kinds of roles, right? Like there's a lot that you carry with you every single day and that can start to weigh on you over time and it can start to have big impacts. Like you mentioned, Poonam, like spending long hours, even outside of work, thinking about different clients, thinking about therapy, thinking about support groups. So absolutely, I think everything that you mentioned about taking care of yourself, taking time for yourself and really practicing what you preach, right? Like when we offer mental health services, we tell people to take care of themselves and be compassionate and do all these um, really helpful things. And then sometimes we forget that we are also in need of that. And it's, it's completely understandable. Like it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that is an ongoing process is reminding ourselves and even reminding each other as a community of students, of um, different professionals that, hey, maybe now it's time for you to take a little break and take some time for yourself. And I think that's the beauty of having a big group or a big team is that you're able to check in on each other. And I, I did want to go back to say that I, I really liked how you phrased that, that mental health is not a destination, it's a journey, because it's true. And, you know, you'll face different obstacles on that journey where sometimes it'll be a lot easier to get through to where you want to be, and other times it's harder. But knowing that you're able to still push through is what is really important. And I, and I really like how you said that, because everyone is also at different stages in their life, and everyone might have different values at different points what you value right now for your mental well-being might not be something that's as important to you 10 years from now or 10 years ago so really just reflecting on the fact that it isn't necessarily a linear process it can go up and down in circles you'll probably go backwards a couple more times than you want to but you're still on that path to being the better version of yourself or towards whatever goals it is that you're working on yeah. And with that journey that you're not alone as well. Right. And that that's the beauty of of groups and support therapy and whatever it might be, is that you're not alone and there are people there that are rooting for you and maybe different supports along the way, but still some sort of a support. And I think that's what your your organization is offering a support, depending on what stage people are in, in terms of taking care of their mental health. 
yeah, I think definitely some really great nuggets of wisdom from your whole experience here with Virtue Mental. Yeah. And then I'm also wondering, like, what has feedback been like or really just interacting with the people that are using your services? What have you heard about what's working well for them, how they've reacted to it, and maybe even some obstacles that people have faced actually trying to reach out? Yes, of course. So I think the feedback has been amazing just this year and a half because as an entrepreneur, there are so many uh, what ifs that you that kind of go through your head. And one of the what ifs that I had was uh, like, what if people don't benefit from it? Or what if like we put in all this work and people are still not, their mental health is still not improving. But um, I was really relieved because um I, I, like almost after every single session, someone reaches out and they say, oh, like this is the first time that I actually felt like I was part of a community because my whole life I felt like I was kind of like pushed, the, pushed to the side and I was marginalized and I was like disowned by my family and just all these different obstacles that they have faced. And it just puts a lot of ease on us when we get these types of emails. So we've been receiving a lot of amazing feedback from all of our resources that we provide these past couple months. And I think in regards to like the obstacles that our clients and our participants have faced is kind of similar to what you have mentioned. Like a lot of the participants that join in on our sessions, they kind of do so in private so that their parents don't find out. And it's our organization isn't kind of isn't a thing where you have to like submit your health insurance or you have to submit like your FAFSA or um, like your tax income and things of that sort like anyone anywhere like regardless of whether you have these documentations you can still join the program so that's one of the obstacles that our clients faced is joining in secret so that their parents and then their family members don't uh, find out. But also one of our obstacles that we have faced is that um, a lot of the participants, they're, they don't really have access to like reliable internet access and technology and things of that sort. So we're still trying to find ways that we can still cater to our participants without having to use internet and just doing face-to-face therapy in collaboration with our mental health professionals. So th- those are kind of like the two issues that we, we're still trying to overcome. Yeah, and I know that, you know, in a virtual pandemic world, it's it can be a little challenging to actually find some of those in-person interactions, but I think starting off by offering a virtual platform to access these resources is such a great start and way to really encourage people to come and join in. And then maybe next steps would be to see, can we open organizations in the public where people can actually come in person and seek the services that you're providing online? Yes, I think one of my biggest dreams is actually to open up like a virtue mental office yeah. um, in, my, in my local community. So it's kind of like in collaboration with mental health professionals and they can just come in without any um, without any concerns and receive the help that they need. Yeah, good luck with that one. I think that's an amazing dream to have. And just to think that you started this organization only a couple of years ago and how far you've gotten, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were also able to achieve that very, very soon. And one of our last questions that we have for you, Poonam, is do you suggest any external resources? Of course, Virtue Mental is one of them that we will absolutely share with our listeners. Um, but any other resources that you've discovered or come across through your work with international organizations? 
one resource that I actually use in my day-to-day self-care routine is an app called Headspace, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard about. It's kind of yeah. like a app where you can listen to soothing sounds and meditate and things of that sort. So I think that's one of the resources that I can suggest to everyone out there. But another organization that actually does similar work as us is called NAMI, which is N-A-M-I. Pretty sure it's a international organization. I'm not too sure about that. But they actually do a lot of support groups. And I think they also have a lot of like in-person groups as well, if you don't feel comfortable um, using a virtual setting. So those are the two, two recommendations that I have that I can attest that they're super amazing. And thank you. And obviously your organization, Virgin Mental, is a big, big resource hub because it has all these support groups, but it also has a lot of information and there's a blog. So there's a lot of components for individuals who are interested to maybe even just learn more about mental health or certain topics that they're interested in. I think it would be a great place to start off. And then the ones that you mentioned, Boonam, I think are great as well to you know supplement that learning or explore different avenues if individuals are interested But with that, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for taking out time from your very busy schedule. I know there's a lot going on and you're a part of a lot. So we do appreciate you joining us on Zoom today to talk a bit more about your work and all the amazing resources that you're putting out there for people to access. Well, thank you so much for your support and thank you so much for having me. And you guys are also doing some amazing work as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care and good luck with all of your future initiatives, your future book, hopefully all of that. So yeah, we look forward to hearing about how everything goes for you. Yes. Thank you so much for your support and encouragement. Just as we end, we wanted to remind you that this information is meant to be purely educational. We are not health professionals, just graduate students navigating these topics with you. Any podcast content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and we recommend that you always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding your mental health and well-being. We also wanted to share some resources with you. This includes Good to Talk, which is a confidential mental health support for post-secondary students in Ontario and Nova Scotia. Kids Help Phone, which is a free counseling and a free crisis text line service, which is offered 24-7. This is targeted towards the youth population, and it has a lot of great mental health resources on their website as well. Connects Ontario is a resource where you can access information and referral services. They focus on mental health, addictions, and problems with gambling. They can be reached over the phone, chat, and email 24-7. Wellness Together Canada is also a free mental health and substance use portal for anyone in Canada, and they help you get connected with appropriate resources. Lastly, we also have Virtue Mental, who was spearheaded by Funam, our guest speaker today. So feel free to check out Virtue Mental on Google or Instagram at virtuemental.org for more information, resources, and to listen to their podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to your own local resources. These are just a few that we know of that are supported in Canada. So if there's anything else that is local to you, we do encourage you to seek out that support if you need it. In terms of reaching out to us, you can connect with us through our email, which is sotellmemorepodcast at gmail.com and our Instagram page at sotellmemorepodcast. You can check out our Instagram for future updates and it's a great way to share what you're interested in hearing on the podcast 
any feedback that you have, as well as just ideas for where you'd like the podcast to go. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening right now. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned something new or simply enjoyed our exploration of virtue mental and mental health in marginalized communities. We're excited to continue exploring new topics in future episodes. For now, stay safe and take care. <laughs>